Good morning, everybody, you stress heads, indeed, no doubt. And the study today I'm going to talk about, which I'm going straight in with, is stress eating. New research, what's it say? Well, the first thing to know is we're all stress eating, potentially. Um, women stress eat worse than men. So this study looked at new insights from stress eating. Okay, 1,955 people. 30 years, doing their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So, quick glance, BMI increased more for people who, st- who, re- who, eat response to, who eat in response to stress. There's no shock about this because we get stressed a lot and then we eat and obviously we gain weight, right? So, let's have a look at the, the graph here, the diagram. At 22 years old, 48% of the women reported they stress eat and only 15% of men. At the age of 32 years old, 55% of women stress eating and 20% of men. 42 years old, 43% of women, 11% of men. 52 years old, 41% of women, 14% of men. People who reported stress-induced drinking, uh, 22 years old, 19% for women, 29% for men. 32, 12% women, 19% men. 42, 16% women, 20% men. And then 52 years old, 15% women, 19% men. So when it comes to drinking, men a bit more stress drinking. When it comes to eating, women are significantly doing more stress eating than men. And you've got to start thinking, what is happening here? Right? What's going on? Why do we stress eat? And is it is it good for us or not? And I think there's, I've mentioned this before, like sometimes when we eat emotionally, and we're really stressed. Sometimes that eating gives us such a bit of a relief. We can actually think clearly again. It gives us some time. It's not that you're a failure or a moral failure, or you're an idiot and you can't do this. What's the, what are you doing? It's none of, that, none of that stuff. It's that food is so nice and delicious and tasty and we've got a lot of connections to good memories. There's no doubt we turn to it when we're stressed so we can handle the stress, all right? So the coping mechanism is something that potentially over time is going to be against us but it's something we shouldn't throw away and that's why i recommended last night on the call is like create your stress packages find your favorite snacks track them and put them into a meal and call it like your care package your stress package three four hundred calories you know when you're feeling really stressed and overwhelmed pop that package out lick it all up take your time don't do what i do and swallow it in one go but do enjoy it and that can help you regain some calm give you some happiness back for a second you know what i mean so don't feel it's like a moral morally bad thing it's just that what i think happens is a lot of people stress eat um too much is that the trigger of stress causes a reaction too quickly so if you do get stressed say for example i said to you now kick your house go live somewhere else next month right wow stressful stress response turns on anxiety you start shaking with rage and anger. What? When? No. Why? You, you know, you start going mad. And sometimes it's hard to even look at that and even, you know, not say control it, but it's one of those things that hits you like a steam train, as they say. But we can, according to the Buddhists and the Stoics, we can, and it's according to Viktor Frankl, is in, in increase the time between the stimulus and the response. That's where the golden zone is. If I can train myself to be slightly detached, in a sense, become very aware of the moment to moment, which means you've got to live one day at a time. There's no way around this. You can't be aware. You can't claim to be self-aware 
when you're thinking about tomorrow and last week all the time. You're literally not here. <laughs> you're not even in the same time dimension. You're in the wrong place. So if you are here, living one day at a time, focusing, you're in tune with your breathing sometimes, you're in tune with your body and your surroundings, when something does hit you, you're not knocked off your feet because you're already here. You're stable. You can actually take it on better and you can actually say, hold on a second. Let me, let me put this to the test. Let me see if this thing actually is something I should freak out about first. Okay, I've got news that I gotta leave my house. Okay, is this fact? Who's it come from? Uh, when, why? Is there anything I could do about this? Um, what's my contract say? La 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 la, right? You start listening things out. Okay, what shall I do next about this? Okay, let me just confirm the exact date is this. And you t you've done that in a much calm, still manner. Some people, Get told that news, well, on the phone to all the friends, kicking off, going mental, screaming on the phone, voice notes, abusive messages, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a very different way of handling it. So what I want you to start thinking about during this three-week challenge as well is that most of us will stress eat, over half of people do it. Um, most of you are trying to lose weight, as we've done a little survey yesterday in the chat. Um, we're on moderate weight loss guys. We're not going to be doing accelerated fat loss here We're not going to be trying to lose more than we can handle. Okay, so It is going to take time. You will be losing one pound of fat a week No, you might not lose any weight in three weeks your body your body weight might stay at 160 pounds for three weeks But if you've hit your macros or your protein and calorie intake for three weeks, you've got your steps up decently right you will have more likely lost than fat and you might say, Scott, I feel better, but the scales aren't budging. I feel terrible about myself. Again, stimulus and response. The stimulus there is your weight hasn't gone down. The response is, well, is weight loss the same as fat loss? No. Could I have been losing fat? Have I been on it? Yeah. Okay, so I probably have been losing fat. My weight, my deal, it will reflect in the weight eventually, but I'm not going to care about it so much. I'm not going to put some pressure on it, you know? And that's why we take daily weigh-ins and do a weekly average. Think about doing one weigh-in a week. You might do a low weigh-in and then a high weigh-in, and then you're not going to get the accurate results. That's why you want to do daily weigh-ins in the morning after you pee or whatever. And then we take a weekly average, and then we compare weekly averages to each other. And that's how we know if we're trending down or upwards or whatever. Okay, so that's a good thing to do. Um, but again, think stimulus and response. How much time have you got between stimulus and response in most things in your life? Um, how much time have you got between stimulus of smelling a delicious piece of bread in bakery mm. and then response devouring a piece of bread or devouring a f food you know think of a buffet a buffet someone walks past you switch oh what's that pork minced pie mate whatever pork pie wow you gobble her up before you can even say what it is now Am I saying this because I've got the perfect gap of stimulus? No, obviously not. But I can tell you for a fact that since I've delved into Buddhism and Stoicism and philosophy and all the stuff living in the now, all this stuff for years and years and years, I have definitely increased my stimulus to response time. And I can't tell you how much of a better impact on my life. Um, I'm more, more calm, more present, more reserved, more in control essentially even though i don't believe there is ultimate control as you know the w life is chaos we don't know what the hell's are gonna happen tomorrow so i'll do my best to live now and i want to live a you know healthy life as i can um 
but let's try and increase that stimulus to response today. Think about it. A whiff of smell. Someone saying, do you want a cookie? Um, waking up in the morning to the alarm. Get out of bed. You know, start thinking, oh, get, get out. Um, start thinking about... So the Stoics would call this impressions. So whatever is in your in your immediate environment that can impact your smell, your senses, your sight, your hearing, and what else is there? Whatever, all the senses. Whatever's in your direct environment that can impact your senses, those things are called those things are called impressions. They impress on us, right? And some impressions are very powerful and knock us off our feet, like a really nice smell. Or smell that takes you back to when you were six years old playing sports, school sports day. The smell of freshly cut grass. Wow, boom. Oof. Me winning the race like champion green team. No mercy, no mercy. Right, so you think of these things. And we got to start thinking, right, okay, let me, the impressions will hit me no matter what. But I get to respond to these impressions. I get to decide if I take them on or not. I get to decide if they're worth looking into or not. Same with food. You get this smell here, smell there, telling you about this, you see a cookie, all these different sights and smells and here in a food. They're gonna be big impressions on you day to day and some people can handle them. So every time someone mentions food, they eat food. Yeah, that's what happens. So we got a bit like, you know, same as the chat yesterday, we were talking about food, be like, I'm starving now, yeah? You've now craving, you're not hungry, you're craving. There's a difference between craving and hunger, if you remember. Hunger is a genuine need for energy, the body's like, mate, sort yourself out. Give me some calories now before I knock you out. Hung a craving is a desire which never ends. So your desire will go from craving to comfort to not wanting to feel pain to wanting pleasure of TV. The the chain of pleasure, the chain of desire, actually never breaks because you even to desire not to desire is a desire. Oh my god! Can't go into this. It never breaks. Craving is a desire yeah something you something you think you want you don't need it so there's a difference between us so when something impresses you impresses on you and then you start craving something it's not a genuine need if you try and fight the craving and wrestle with it you make that craving stronger so all you want to do is when a, when a craving hits you is to literally do absolutely nothing but sit with the craving potentially look down on it and smiling at it like it's a little kid going <laughs> you've got no chance mate you can't touch me don't make it your equal don't make it a monster or a thing just go <laughs> I know how you're here I'm not stupid I saw that cookie it's lush now craving comes mate I'd love to eat that and you go shut up mate no or you don't even say that you just look at it and walk away do you know what I'm just someone does something and you just look at them and then walks off. That's the type of power we want to overall craving. That's the type of badass shit we want to overall craving. And badasses over cravings. Craving, not me. Who's in control? Me or Oreo ice cream sandwich? That's the real question. And I'd love to think it's me. Or most of the time it's me, but maybe it's not. But have a think about these things today, people. I hope you have a good day. Another one day at a time philosophy today, please. Don't start thinking about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What can you do today? Maybe you had a terrible day yesterday. Doesn't matter. Today's a new day. What are you going to do today? Well, track your food, honestly. One, get your steps in. Two, join the walk and talk later. Three, join the radio. 
with the, with with Doctor P. You know, drink water, get your one big thing done, do a work task you've always been holding off, phone a friend, eat food slowly, enjoy the sound of the birds, sit on a bench, whatever. Fill your day with the nice things and enjoy every moment of it because you never know what's around the corner. And that's it. Speak to you soon.